This is Unstoppable with Zen Honeycut, Episode 56, Undisclosed Side Effects of Glyphosate. I'm walking through an airport, probably somewhere in the Midwest. I've been traveling for probably three to four or five days, not sure which trip this was, not sure, sure where I came from or where I was going to. But I remember that I was hungry and I just didn't think I could make it another four hours without eating. I probably wouldn't be able to resist the food on the airplane, which I definitely did not want to eat. I didn't want to eat the wheat that is offered in those little snacks. I didn't want to eat the peanuts. I just know too much about the pesticides and herbicides that are sprayed on those crops. And I also knew that I would probably not feel good afterwards. So as I was walking through the airport, I asked myself, what could I eat that would be the least harmful to me? And I said, settled on a Caesar salad. Now I know there's chicken on that Caesar salad, but I reasoned to myself that it's been a long time since I'd had chicken and a little bit probably wouldn't hurt. And I knew I I just thought I needed some protein that just the lettuce probably wouldn't be enough. So I ate the chicken salad. In about a few days, or I don't remember if it was a week afterward, within a few days, I had a horrible urinary tract infection. And I did everything that I could find on the internet, you know, the websites that have, you know, eight top herbs to, to, um, support, you know, urinary tract health, all that. I took D-manos, I took Uva Ursa, Ursi, Uva Ursi. I, you know, contacted my naturopath and she told me those were the things to take. I took, I chugged cranberry juice. I drank tons of water. I did everything I possibly could. And usually that would help within two days that would knock out a, a urinary tract infection. But This came and went for several weeks and probably about two months later when I was writhing in pain in the bathroom at two o'clock in the morning, my husband said, this is it, Zen, you have got to go to a doctor. So the next day I went to a doctor and they, no, I went to a um, walk-in clinic, right? Because at that time, the only doctor I was going to was a naturopath, right? And I'd already contacted her and she told me what to take. That wasn't working. And so I went to a medical clinic, you know, walk-in clinic. I don't remember which one. And they prescribed Cipro, an antibiotic. They said that is the most mild, you know, least likely to cause any type of harm. And it was, I believe about a seven day course. And you, I would take, you know, pills every day. Maybe it was even a couple a day. I don't remember, but so I took that antibiotic and um, it did it did make you know a difference. It did help me. And um, I also took lots of probiotics and had um, you know yogurt and you know all kinds of stuff to to remedy my the imbalance of my gut bacteria. However, I didn't realize that Cipro has health health effects. So as side effects. So the side effects of Cipro, it's a fluoroquinine antibiotic. 
And it actually says now on the black box, because there were lawsuits back in, I believe, 2000 and 2012, due to torn tendons, it can actually cause torn tendons in the shoulder and in the Achilles heel. Their their tendons can spontaneously rupture. Now, I don't know why. And of course, they don't explain this on the box. But this is a side effect of many fluoroquinines, and there's more than ones. There are different kinds of antibiotics that are in this category. So I took Cipro, and and they say that like the, the, that side effect of torn tendons can happen a year later. It's it's not like necessarily an immediate thing, but it can be. It can happen pretty quickly. For me, it happened. I believe about it was nine months later maybe a year later, but I think it was about nine months later. And what all just all of a sudden one day I felt an intense pain in my right shoulder. And I was like, whoa, it feels like, like just a really sharp shooting pain. And I massaged it and, you know, did all sorts of various things. Eventually went to a chiropractor, went, you know, did chiropractic and um, active therapy release for a month or two, I don't know, it was a month or two. And finally, when we realized it just wasn't working, it was the pain was maybe getting better for about a day and then it would not improve. And mind you, these chiropractor visits are $125 a pop. And my health share program does not re, well, they do reimburse a certain number of them, but that I think it was maybe 12 or something like that, very s- small number of chiropractic visits with physical therapy. And so anyway, eventually realized that wasn't working. So I went and got a URI and the U- the MRI, sorry, the MRI showed that the tendon was two thirds of the way through torn. So I, I did have a torn tendon. And then he sent me to a orthopedic surgeon. So I go to an orthopedic surgeon and he says the best thing to do is to inject steroids into the muscle tissue that will break up, you know, the scarring, like the sort of the, the toughening and the density of the muscles, because I didn't have mobility. I couldn't move my shoulder, you know, my arm in certain directions, like almost at all without intense pain. So he wanted to break up that muscle tissue and listen, folks, I didn't, I don't know any better. I'm in intense pain. My husband doesn't know any better this doctor has like 40 years of experience. He's worked on Shaquille O'Neal and all kinds of um, athletes. And he seemed very experienced. And I, at the time, just didn't know anything about steroids. I just thought, well, this is what you do to these types of injuries. So he injected me with steroids. And at the time, I didn't want to have any other type of medication. So I refused the medication that makes you, um, I don't know if it was not feel the pain or if it was not get nauseous afterwards, but I refused whatever else they offered me. And oh boy, I regretted that because I was nauseous and throwing up and sick for, you know, probably 12 hours afterwards. And, and it really hurt and it, but it did get better within about 24 hours. I had a lot more mobility of that shoulder and it helped with mobility. However, it was about four to six different shots, different locations of the steroids that he put in my shoulder. And then about, I don't know, six weeks later, I went back and I got another, I think, nine shots of steroids in my shoulder. 
And then my son came down with Ehlers-Danlos. And Ehlers-Danlos is a connective tissue disorder. It's when somebody is extra bendy. It's when they can bend their thumb all the way back to their wrist, when they can take their hand and reach behind their back and reach all the way around to the other side of their body and their finger can like touch their belly button. It can come all the way around. So their shoulder can, it basically comes out of the socket or it just is extra super bendy. Maybe it doesn't come out of the socket, but it's super bendy. So your connective tissues basically aren't doing what they normally do, which is to, you know, keep things tight and close, maybe not tight, but, you know, closer together. They're really super bendy. Now, this just can seem like a fun sort of trick to show your friends, you know, that you can be really bendy, but it can also be really painful. And when connective tissues don't, you know, work the way they're supposed to, things like pectus excavatum can happen, which which is when your chest gets sunken in. And when your chest is sunken in, your ribs, the bottom of your ribs stick out. And and it, it the, when your chest is sunken in, it can seem like um it can feel like a almost like a heart attack, like chest pains, because your your heart is getting pressed upon. And it's it can be hard to do sports activities. Um, you know, it it just can get very complicated. Then then there's something that can develop called POTS, and I don't remember what that stands for, but it's when the symptom is when you stand up and you feel lightheaded and you feel like you're gonna faint. So that can be um, related as well. Now, the extra bendy thing can be very problematic when you're in sports. You can do things like dislocate a knee or you know a, a wrist or an ankle really easily. So then you're in pain. So what was happening was that my son was who was in track was injuring himself a lot. And even though he was super bendy and could do hurdles really well, like he could get his leg up super high, and he you know, was doing well at that, he would injure himself. Now, why do I bring up my son and this Ehlers-Danlos? So we, you know, we suspected this, we went to a doctor, a geneticist, he got tested for, and he was diagnosed with, with uh, Ehlers-Danlos. And there's a couple of different kinds. One of them actually also affects the heart and can be quite serious. And teenagers as young as 14 die from it. So I was terrified that that's, you know, the version that he had but he didn't. Thank goodness he had the more classical version, which is when you're um, extra, you know, just extra bendy, but it can, you know, it can over time impact you because of the the chest issues and just the injuries. And a lot of people on Ehlers-Danlos end up going on uh, steroids and painkillers, opioids. So the whole opioids discussion, I don't even think I need to go there, right? Uh, you know how serious that can be. It can cause death, you know, addiction and death. Now, the steroid thing, you may think, oh, well, that's not such a big deal. People get steroids all the time. It's like, I don't know if you want to say it's a new thing, but they're much more frequent now. Well, one morning I woke up with the idea of just popped into my head, steroids and Ehlers-Danlos. And this was after I had received, you know, those two doses of six to nine different shots of steroids. I don't know why. I just, something told me to look it up. So I went online to the Ehlers-Danlos site and there was somebody that had posted, folks, when you get steroids, you know, for the pain for Ehlers-Danlos, does it help you or does it make things worse? 
I'm thinking it makes things worse because I'm just, things are just getting more and more worse for me. And do you have, so does anybody have any studies showing that steroids can, you know, make Ehlers-Danlos worse? And so several people posted several studies showing that steroids cause connective tissue issues. And I thought, wait a second. (laughs) So steroids could be causing Ehlers-Danlos or it could be causing worsening symptoms of Ehlers-Danlos. Now, all the sites out there say that Ehlers-Danlos is genetic, right? However, when you talk to pediatricians about this, they will admit that there is a surprisingly huge number of children, and this mostly these are preteens, that are being diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos, some young adults too, and they don't have a genetic predisposition to have it. Or they're not sure, like there's certain you know, genes that may or may not be related to it, but it's not for sure. There's some where they say, okay, this one's definitely a factor, but there are other ones where they're just not sure or they're, or there's just no genetic marker for Ellis Danlos. So, and of course, just because you have the genetic marker for that, which could be connected to Ellis Danlos doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? So these pediatricians that I've talked to and scientists say that they're they are absolutely very concerned about the rising number of children with Ehlers-Danlos and a environmental factor. So I thought, huh, I wonder if it's steroids. So then I started to think about how many times has my son been, you know, um, given steroids? I thought, well, gee, there's the time that he had the allergic reaction to that food that we thought was organic or we just thought was natural or whatever. You know, there were so many times before I found out about GMOs and glyphosate that I, you know, that he had allergic reactions and I took him to the walk-in clinic, just like I went to a walk-in clinic for the UTI medication and they gave him steroids, you know, a a dose of steroids to take for seven days where it was you know, three doses of these little pills two or three times a day the first day and, you know, for three days. And then, then you wean it down to two, you know, two times a day for two days. And then, you know, one, two times a day for the next three days or something like that. Right. So it was, a, it decreased the amount, but it was over seven days. He was getting steroids every day. And to be honest, I don't know how many times he did, he, that happened to him. I'm, I'm guessing maybe once or twice, maybe three times. I don't know, but it was a couple of times when he got steroids for food reactions, allergies to food. And, and then there was a time that he got steroids for an allergic reaction to, um, poison sumac. And then there was another time when it was, I believe it was either strep or sore throat, you know, some type of virus or something he had. And instead of giving an an antibiotic, they gave him steroids. So our, then I realized that our children, the, the amounts, the numbers, let's see, the numbers are that since GMOs and glyphosate were introduced in the past 400 years, childhood food allergy visits to the ER have increased 400%. And what's the first thing they give children when they go to the hospital? 
steroids. And that's what happened to one of my other sons. He got steroids as soon as he went to the hospital for a food allergy. And so let's just take a look at this. Let's backtrack, right? Monsanto develops GMOs because they want farmers to be able to use glyphosate-based herbicides, but the glyphosate is killing off the crop, right? It, it, It seeps into the soil near the crop and kills off the crop. So they genetically engineer the crops so that they can resist glyphosate-based herbicides. So now they can spray glyphosate all over the crop and the crop is, is, uh, it still lives. However, it has glyphosate on it and glyphosate grabs onto, or chelates grabs onto and makes unavailable the vital nutrients of any living thing it touches. And when it does that, it essentially weakens the plant. It, It basically has it's it's almost like Dr. Don Huber, who's a 50-year plant pathologist, says it basically gives the plant AIDS. So it no longer has its immune system that it normally would use to kill off any bacteria, you know, any pathogenic microbes or whichever that would that would normally um, be killed off by, you know, what's going on within the plant or within the soil or also within the soil, right? So whatever the pathogenic microbes that are there can then kill the plant. And so now think about that going into our bodies. So, and to the, and into the chickens that are eating the GMO crops that are sprayed with glyphosate. So now you have chickens that are eating grains sprayed with glyphosate at such high levels that um, arsenic, which is also in Roundup, by the way, has been detected in this chicken feed at such high levels that truck drivers that 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 sorry about the car in the background that truck drivers that transport chicken feed have to get hazmat licenses because the levels of arsenic are so high so we've got high levels of glyphosate which basically weaken the immune system and then you've got chickens that are getting sick so what happens to those chickens that are getting sick? The farmers give them antibiotics, just like I got an antibiotic. And those antibiotics, according to an article by Mercola, let's see, there's a form of E. coli known as XPEC, E-X-P-E-C, and it's responsible for over 90% of urinary tract infections. The DNA matches, uh, matches reveal that many UTIs are caused by eating contaminated chicken meat. And that contaminated chicken meat is high levels of E. coli. And lo and behold, glyphosate has been proven to destroy beneficial gut bacteria and to proliferate the, um, to promote the proliferation of pathogenic gut bacteria, such as E. coli and salmonella. So, Folks, if you can connect the dots along with me, you can see that the sale of glyphosate was so important that that GMO producers created GMOs. Those GMOs go into our food supply and chickens therefore get sick. They need antibiotics. We eat that those, the chicken with the elevated levels of E. coli, we get sick. Then we take antibiotics to quote unquote, get better. 
And those antibiotics have side effects like torn tendons. And when I got those, that torn tendon, oh my gosh, if I wasn't adamantly against big pharma and, you know, any doing anything else around big pharma, I would be on opioids. The pain is horrible and it's constant. And it's just, I don't, I can't describe it. It's just unceasing the torn tendons. And I, and I've been to many physical therapists and they're like, out of all the injuries that I treat, a torn tendon in the shoulder is the one I would least want to have because it can take a year or two to uh, recover. Now, if you get the right kinds of therapy, maybe not, maybe it's a lot faster. I'm banking on it being, um, you know, less than a year, but I, my other shoulder, a second shoulder, my, my left shoulder has also, um, has, I believe as a torn tendon, I haven't even gone through the whole MRI thing because of COVID, but I have the same exact symptoms on my left shoulder. So I don't even really think I have to get an MRI, but I'm, I'm doing all the things for that. I am getting better, but it is very, very painful. So some people that would go on opioids and be addicted and maybe even die from it. Right. And when children eat this food and they have an allergic reaction, this GMO food sprayed with glyphosate or, you know, animal meat that's, that has, uh, you know, contaminants in it and they react, they have allergenic reactions from the food. The first thing they get is steroids. So then they can develop connective tissue disorders. They can be a contributing factor. There needs to be more science on this, but there are pediatricians that I've talked to that say that is, that's, could be very likely that that's something that needs to be looked into. So children are now getting Ehlers-Danlos at skyrocketing level levels, and it can be very painful for them. It can keep them out of school. They could end up going on, you know, God forbid opioids and end up being addicted and, you know, potentially dying from it. So these are the side effects that people are not talking about when they talk about glyphosate that I just want everybody to consider that these food allergies can lead to steroids. Now, I understand if you're in the hospital, you're going to want to do whatever it takes to keep your child alive. I've been there. My son has almost died in front of my eyes, and I do believe that steroids may have kept him alive. I, I you know, I don't know for sure, but in a life-threatening situation, I could see why they would be used. But for poison sumac, I don't think so. And are they needed for every food allergy reaction? Like if a kid just has a rash, I don't think so. Are they needed for a, you know, strep? I I don't think so. So really ask yourself about medications. If you're taking medications, what are the side effects? Take a look at the box. What might happen to you where you might then need more medications? And let's find a way to break out of that cycle, that vicious cycle of taking a medication, having side effects, and then having to take more medications. That's simply a perfect, perfect profit circle for big pharma. And it's not one that I want to be a part of. It's not one that I think that you want to be a part of. I mean, I, I know people that are on 12 medications, 17 medications. That's great for big pharma folks, but it is not great for your body. Your liver is going to be taxed and all types of organs are going to be 
likely compromised because there's there's just so many chemicals that your body can take before it's um, burdened and overloaded. So just consider that that one bite of chicken could set forth a whole, you know, cycle, a whole, a whole pathway of physical ailments, which could lead to years of pain. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to non-organic chicken, which is, which is comes from animals that were fed GMOs sprayed with glyphosate can have side effects that last for years. Now, I know I've been called all kinds of names by different bloggers and GMO proponents and shills that are going to come out and say, you know, Zen Honeycut for Moms Across America claims that, you know, glyphosate's causing torn tendons and all of that kind of stuff. And and once again, I'm going to say it's not direct, but it's a side effect. It's a it, if you connect the dots, one thing leads to another. And that's what can happen. So be aware that, you know, the 80-20 rule is not always the best thing to follow. That sometimes you just need to cut a food out of your diet completely in order to avoid um, pain like I did. Tremendous amounts of pain. So, um yeah. So and weakening your immune system is also not great. I believe I got COVID and had it for probably close to two months, at least six weeks. And then during that time, I believe the stress of that woke up uh, Epstein-Barr in my body. So now I have Epstein-Barr and I didn't mean this to be a whole sag saga story about my health, but um, you know, there are side effects to weakening your immune system to, you know, to stress, to pain and, you know, all of that stuff. So do the best you can to strengthen your immune system with, you know, organic food and celery juice and green drinks and vitamin C and vitamin D. And now I'm taking a bunch of supplements and I'm also, you know, seeing doctors about, you know, how I can, you know, get rid of Epstein-Barr quickly and, but not just quickly, like with a medication, but with the right diet and uh, the right amount of rest and all that kind of stuff. So if I don't do as many moms connect calls, or if I'm not quite as vocal out there as I have been in the past, especially in the afternoons or evenings, that's why. But I want to let you know that I'm committed to not only getting better, but to kicking butt with moms across America with you. And, and I am unstoppable, that unstoppable. That's who I know myself to be. And I will continue to raise awareness, do these campaigns. We have this new one-click politics campaign out there. Please go to momsacrossamerica.org, click on blog, click on the open letter to food producers. And with one click, you can email, tweet, and if you choose to, you can also be connected to a food producer and you can ask them to please, during the COVID shutdown and, you know, furthermore, do not switch out the ingredients on your labels without updating the labels because they have the opportunity to do that now. The the FDA has relaxed their regulations during the COVID shutdown and they said it's okay if it's less than 2% of an ingredient and it's somewhat similar like canola uh the sunflower oil for canola oil you can switch it out no problem. So that's a that's a problem. 
for us, right? There's a lot of people that have allergies to things that uh, aren't considered normal allergies. Like as they said that you can't switch out allergens, but so I know people are allergic to black pepper. I mean, I, my sister's allergic to coconut, right? What if they switch out a, um, you know, a sunflower oil for coconut oil that could, that could put her in the hospital. And then guess what folks, she's getting steroids and steroids cause connective tissue disorders. And we go through that whole cycle again. Right. So, um, let's avoid the pain. (laughs) Let's avoid the pain and let's just stop this from the beginning. And let's not put that type of, uh, food in our mouths and let's tell the food producers that they, they cannot, they have to keep their labels. They have to keep the integrity of their labels. We also have another campaign campaign to ask bear to retire roundup. So please do, um, go to that campaign as well. And I'll post the links when I post this podcast. I really appreciate you going down the rabbit hole with me today about the side effects of glyphosate that pretty much no one's talking about. And, uh, and I hope you consider this not just for yourself with glyphosate, but with all medications, look at the label and see what the side effects are and what you could be getting yourself into. Get informed. And this is Zen Honeycutt reminding you to be unstoppable. Thanks so much for being me, being with me today. Bye-bye.